But I don't, I really don't have any regrets. I really don't. I've, I've lived exactly how I've wanted to. I've tried my hardest every single time. I didn't win the matches that maybe I should have always won. Or, but I really gave it my all. So that for me is enough. Everybody. Welcome to episode 91 of The Body Serve. I'm Jonathan. And I'm James. This time we are not coming to you from the car. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is our third Cincinnati-related episode. The first one you might recall we recorded while we were driving to Cincinnati. The second one we recorded an intro in the car. Uh, from a the, stationary car. Mm-hmm, from the parking lot. And we attached some outtakes and full-length interviews from the player roundtables yesterday. This episode, we're going to do a little bit of an intro, tell you about what's been going on, what we've been doing, what's going on on site with the tennis, and then we're going to finish again with some more outtakes from the player roundtables. What have we been doing today, James? (laughs) A lot. Man, I'm tired. Do you want to hit him with the big news first? Which is what? We secured a two-on-one interview. Both of us were there interviewing... Well, we can't do drumroll. Do your drumroll thing that you did before. (laughs) (laughs) We have Francoise Abanda on the show. We watched her in qualifying over the weekend. She beat Misaki Doi. And then she beat Vikliantseva pretty convincingly in the second round of qualifying. Vikliantseva then got a lucky loser spot and she herself is in the second round. Mm. And then today we saw Abanda take out Magdalenette. Yeah. Um, she struggled a bit in the first set and then really blazed through the third. 6-2, right? Man, that uh, first set was a struggle. <laughs> she was not happy. There were some... Was, you know, cracking the racket a little bit and... <laughs> At one point, we got a notification that we had to go to the press center for Zverev's roundtable because he just got into town at 6 o'clock. And we're sitting there at 5.45. And then at 5.55, the service game is still back at Deuce. We can't leave the court. (laughs) We're being held hostage. Yeah. And then finally, Abanda won the game. She eventually lost the first set, then came back, was up 5-1 in the second set. Ended up winning, I believe it was 6-4, and then again 6-2 in the third set. So she's had quite a week. Yeah, and you know, she qualified for Roland Garros, for Wimbledon, won three qualifying matches at each of those tournaments, and then won one match in the main draw there. Like, she, she's been playing a lot of tennis this year. She's been winning a lot of tennis matches this year. She and lost uh, to Caroline at the French Open in the second round, Love on Love. Not a sparkling point of one's resume Mm. but then in the second round at Wimbledon she pushed Ostapenko deep into a third set yeah that was a a, really a quality loss and she she mentioned that she's beaten Ostapenko in juniors before (laughs) yeah and uh you know careers just take different different paths and different uh kind of some players develop at different rates so but let me tell you I was thoroughly impressed with her sitting down one-on-one, and she's the very first Canadian player guest on the show, which is pretty big for us. We are a Canadian podcast, after all. Right. 
And when I requested to speak with Francoise, I did mention, you know, we are based in Canada, hoping that that would spark her interest yeah. a little bit. And of course, I was hoping that she would win, not only because we like her, but it's much more likely that she'll sit down to an interview yes. if she's won. And uh, it exceeded all our expectations. So mm. that will not be on this episode. Oh, <laughs> well, you, <laughs> you really uh, had me all excited there. <laughs> that will be on our subsequent episode. And mind you, by then, we may have another even bigger guest at that time. We don't know. Who knows? We're, we don't you know, know. we're trying our damnedest out here. Uh-huh. Um, the, the two previous times we've been credentialed, I was only able to get two sit-downs on each occasion. Mm-hmm. Last year in Cincinnati was Sanya Mirza and Svetlana Kuznetsova. And then in Charleston this year, I got... Who did I get? Naomi Osaka. And Mirjana Lucic-Baroni. And let me tell you, all that work, doing it by myself, it was exhausting. It's so great to have you here to share the load. So now I'm here and I'm exhausted too. (laughs) Uh, The thing thing about being impressed is that uh, I haven't watched as much tennis as I'd hoped. Because you, you know, you're kind of bouncing around for Man, let me between press conferences and uh, uh, like writing. What you know, I was watching Madison and Coco last night. I was watching, but I was also taking pretty thorough notes because I knew I wanted to write about the match. And you did, uh, and it came mm-hmm. out really well. Oh, thank you, thanks. So be sure to check that out on thebodyserve.com. Um, but you have been bitching a lot. Like a lot about well, I mean, not being able to watch enough is, live tennis. It is kind of what I do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, nothing about your experience so far has been unforeseen. It's exactly what I told you it was. True, true. I I did really want to watch Sloan and Shafajeva on Grandstand. And the, the match after that on Grandstand was Dominic Team and Fabio Fognini, which I also really wanted to watch. Um, so I watched parts of both. Because mm-hmm. uh, we, I ran off in the middle of Sloane's match to talk to Francoise, and then I was able to come back. So Team and Fognini was as much of a mess as you can imagine. Dominic played quite well. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was coming to the net a little bit. His serve was, damn, he hit some really he fast serves. He has a serves. big serve. Yes. And uh, Fabio... He threw up. He barfed on the court. Threw up. <laughs> Which I missed. It happened in the first set when I was still up in press. Yeah. You know uh, that the tweet that's been going around, I think it was Double Fault who tweeted it, where it said, man, the ATP or something, and it shows a picture from the O2 finals a while back with the six top ten seeds who mm. are injured at the moment. <laughs> right. So that's been going around. I mean, this draw has been the men, decimated. The men are a mess. I tweeted tonight, like, man, the ATP is a fucking plague. Right now. Really. It like, really is. Punctuated by Fabio barfing all over the court. <laughs> There's this picture of the poor ball kids having to, like, hazardous materials people. Like, that is not part of their job description. No. No, no. And so team is standing a little ways back, hands akimbo, looking like, uh, what exactly is going on right now? <laughs> I mean, you expect drama with a Fabio match, but not necessarily bodily fluids. But credit to him, he kept going. Yeah. He, uh, I mean, he didn't play great because he obviously, he didn't really look like he was in good shape. He wasn't in fighting form. In the uh, in the last game, I think it was at 5-2. Five, oh, five, five, two. Two, Fabio 
he wasn't trying to lose, but there were a lot of deuces, and Dominic kept blowing these chances, and Fabio's like, you know, I'm not feeling great. Are you going to win this match or not? I don't know why <laughs> like, in the hell in the first place, outside of your thirst for team, you were so hell-bent on getting to that grandstand for that match tonight. Why, why would you not? You were sitting in the press room pouncing, but, but, but I gotta go to the grandstand. I want to see Fabio and Dominic. Like, that's, that's a great... It's a draw. And you could tell because the matches on center court were Isner-Paul and Muguruza and Haddad-Maya. Mm-hmm. And they were very, very quick. And uh, the crowds were really at the grandstand. It was impossible to get in there. It was preceded by Sloan and Shavasheva as well. Yeah. Oh, so instead of in the car, we're coming to you from the luxury of our king bed at the hotel suite. <laughs> is this a California right. king? I don't know what a California no. king is. A California king is like a extra long, I think. Or is it extra short? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. No, it's not. Call Rihanna. She has a song called that. <laughs> Can you tell I have never stayed in such luxury? I don't know. Neither have I. But <laughs> um, what else happened today? So we, we saw Venus Williams play what I describe as one of the most efficient and clean matches I've ever seen her play. Yeah, Venus was really special today. There... Uh, I mean, she just came out with a plan, and it was executed so brilliantly. It was extra hot today. Mm-hmm. Temperatures were touching around 87, 88. Humid. Humid. <laughs> Lots of humidity. And Venus came up. When was the last time you saw Venus in a cap? She had a white oh cap on. I barely recognized her. Yeah. You couldn't. Her hair was all tucked in the cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did not look like her at all. But from the very first game, Venus opened the match serving. She had a purpose and an intent mm-hmm. with her game that, wow, like you see that intent all the time, but you don't often see that execution. Right. She hit four serves that touched near 110 miles an hour, first serves in that first game. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> in her first two service games, she had hit three aces out wide to Risk's backhand. That Risk was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah, at a lot of time points in that match, Allison Risk, who wasn't playing badly, must have been like, "What am I supposed to do here?" Like mm-hmm. when Venus is playing like that, I, I mean, Allison can play her game, which is a solid game, but she's barely making a dent. Even if, up until five-two, Venus up in the first set. Allison was playing pretty well. They yeah. were they from the very first game, they were having eight to ten shot rallies. Right. And these weren't just no ordinary rallies. These were rallies where the balls were screaming for their lives. <laughs> because both women were just pounding it. Mm-hmm. And Venus just had every answer today. And it started with her serve. And Venus, I mean, more so than Serena. Venus often plays with straight power and doesn't really mix up the paces a lot. But something that has changed in her game this year, I think, is that she's willing to be a little more patient because I think she's healthier, she's fitter, she's not as nervous about spending time on court. At least that's what it looks like. Yeah. And so uh, watching Venus be more strategic, 
mixing up pace, uh, drop shotting, and then passing or lobbing, like that's a really exciting development, I think, in 2017 Venus. And it's not like she's never done it, but it seems like it's, it's a more reliable aspect of her game. She went on to say after the match that she had to ex- exercise a lot of patience because the surface was so slow. I'm like, that Wait, did not look slow The to surface? Me. Yeah. And Cincinnati is typically supposed to be pretty fast. Well, I don't know if she said so slow, but uh-huh. she said the courts were playing pretty slow. Okay. I mean, she would know better than she us. She would. I mean, I watch tennis more on TV than I do live, mm-hmm. so maybe that just didn't translate for me in right. the moment. I just know it was all sorts of fun to watch. Yeah. And after that, <laughs> so Venus went up to love and then Risk broke back, held for two all, and she didn't win another game. The entire match. 6-2-6 mm. six, love in just over an hour. Yeah. How often do you see Venus matches with that kind of scoreline? Well, she needed to on a day like today because it was that hot. Right. Ostapenko was flailing away out on the outer courts, struggling with the heat. The heat rule was in, in effect at one point as well. It was actually. A match was suspended. Um, there were some conflicting reports. <laughs> Whether Ostapenko was suffering badly or she was just not playing very well and perhaps being a bit dramatic. Maybe a bit of both. I would believe either (laughs) with Ostapenko. (laughs) So I, it was my turn today to do the write-up. So I picked that Venus match for obvious reasons Mm. and I wrote about it. So that too you can find on the body serve. I'm going to try to link to both articles in the description for this episode. And okay, so tomorrow, what do we have on tap oh, for tomorrow? The order of play tomorrow is crazy, despite how decimated the men's field is. Yeah, so we start off with Grigor and Deliciano on center court over on the grandstand at the same time. Another dilemma today Kazakina and Madison Keys. So, those are two matches that I want to see. I mean, I've seen. Grigor's coach, Danny Valverde, more than I've seen him right. <laughs> this week so far. Yeah. Um, so after that, on center, Venus versus Bardi, which that that is where I'm going to be. That's not mm-hmm. a hard decision. Nope. We saw Bardi play a bit of singles today. Uh, was that today? She played singles God, and she won. Things are like really... Yeah. You know, yes. melting together for me. You were yes. at some of that match. I did watch. I watched Barty win. And you were also. Uh, we both were at the back end of her doubles match. Yeah. With Casey, where they beat. Who did they play? They beat Alexa Glatch and uh, McNally mm-hmm. from the U.S. And I, unfortunately, I actually don't. I'm not really familiar with McNally. I don't know her first name. And we're doing this live, so I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, two two young American women. And, I mean, ABCD is just a really tough doubles team. So much much physical strength, so much touch at the net, and Ashley Barty's serve was dominating. It's the truth. And, like, in doubles, it's, what can you even do? The crowd, the very pro-American crowd, as they're entitled to be. They are, but they 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 weren't even... they, They were out here applauding McNally and Glatch, right? Fine. Yeah. And so Barty and Delacqua were serving for the match. They're like, let's go girls, let's go girls. They're like, let's get this break. 
boom, 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 boom. I mean, Ash party was like Ash had weird. like she had like three aces uh-huh. in the final game. She was having none of it. It was dead silence. I mean, talk about like taking the wind out of your sails because the American team, uh, whoever was serving, I think it was Glad. <laughs> <laughs> she she really got them out of trouble in her service game. She has a big serve too, and and she really powered them through. And then you know the crowd got excited. Here's a little opening, and Ash just shut it down with her serve. So I'm really looking forward to seeing her play Venus tomorrow. And I think, of course, I don't want to make any predictions. Venus was in fine form today. So was Barty. I no, think uh, that's, we're not going to do any prediction. <laughs> All we can hope for and what we want is just a nice, clean, exciting, aggressive yeah. power match. Because these two have the potential to put on something really special tomorrow. Yeah. And let me tell you that backhand slice of Barty, she, uh, she can use that in a lot of different ways. That's what I noticed in her singles match today. And I bet we will see a lot of it tomorrow. Yes, probably. I, I think that'll be part of the game plan. What else is on on the docket for oh, tomorrow? Oh, let me look Del here. Del Potro is playing that American Kruger, I think, who took out Benoit Pair. Yes. We have Tiafo and Sasha Zverev on center. There's Makarova and Kerber. Uh, I mean, let's just point out the, the exciting ones. I, f- I feel like folks have tennis apps that they can look up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Of note, Caroline Wozniacki is out here on Court 10 tomorrow. Formerly Court 9, that's one of the changes for this year. Mm. They've added another court, which I think is Court 5, which has then pushed back all the other courts a digit. So Court 9, which was previously one of our favorite courts, is now Court 10. And man, did did Caroline Garcia win today? Or was it Viznina? No, Viznina won in three. Okay. Uh, so it'll be Viznina and Wozniacki on yeah. court 10 tomorrow. If you want to get away from all the madness on the main courts, that's where you should be. Abanda, our friend Francoise, is playing Yulia Gurgis tomorrow. Who is one of the hottest players on tour? Yeah, Gurgis is playing really well she lately. She took out Radwanska today, 6-4, six, 6-4. Four, six, four. And night matches. Our world number one, Karolina Pliskova, is playing Vikleyanseva whom uh, Abanda beat in the second round of qualifying. And Rafael Nadal is playing Richard Gasquet. Yeah, the two number one seeds, you can't really argue with that. Yeah, and for Nadal to draw Gasquet in the first round and and vice versa is kind of sucky for them, great for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember you and I actually saw, I don't even know if you remember, in 2008 in the Rogers Cup Toronto we saw Nadal beat Richard Gasquet in three sets and in a night match. I want the listeners to go and fact check that. Uh, fine. <laughs> I, th- I think my let's, memory is correct. But... Let's see how this old man's <laughs> memory is holding. Right. <laughs> so yeah, tomorrow is packed. It's going to be hot. And shout out to your mother and your aunt who arrived today. They'll be staying through Friday morning. So they'll, they saw tonight's night session. And then they'll be here tomorrow during the day and Thursday during the day. Mm-hmm. And because your mother in particular is a huge Rafa fan, uh, we have reached out to try and get her tickets for tomorrow night as well. Uh, yes. 
and we got some very kind responses yeah, on Twitter. She's been to the Rogers Cup a few times, and each time Rafa's pulled out. Yeah. And she's a big fan, and this will be the first time she's ever seen him. Um, and my Aunt Mary, we found out tonight, we walked by the, uh, like the racket stringing tent, like the racket stringing sweatshop. I just want to pull up a chair. <laughs> I know, and watch it. And she's like, oh, I know how to do that. I'm like, say what now? <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah, that was, I had that job a while ago. I'm like, okay, is there anything you don't know how to do? And as she said, these people must get carpal tunnel or something. Yeah. But we, uh, she looked up close right up to the window and who does she see she sees a five frames and on the top it says williams comma v (laughs) oh my god those are venus's records veronica williams what (laughs) (laughs) uh so we we met a ton of people since we've been here and i guess you just wanted to shout out a few of them right yeah yeah. Twitter, it like brings people together. Twitter is lit. Tennis Twitter yeah. is lit. And there AF. are a lot of tennis Twitter folks here in Cincinnati. Well, the the folks that we know already, uh, I met Chad, CC Smooth 13 in Charleston, and you met him for the first time. Yeah. But Chad, we've been talking for a long time. I feel like I already knew Chad, you know? Um, we met Peter, who's Thai guy. 84. Who we've, we've talked to on Twitter for a long time um he listens you know he's really cool is really great to meet him in person and now he's on tennis inside out with val mm-hmm. who's also here who we've met again because she's in press every year mm-hmm. and uh steph in the u.s of course and her mom mm-hmm. angie i don't quite know the yeah, end of and, her hey angie handle yet from south florida yes we met her today she was mm-hmm. delightful yep and she's part of the hookup for your mom's tickets tomorrow night right well i'm my fingers are crossed big thank you to her and ty guy peter because they were a huge help in mm. such a short ter- time too the response was so rapid and so appreciated yeah, I know. Uh, tyler green i met actually at Taylor Townsend's match against Monica Puig. And I didn't actually know who he was at first until he made this sly comment about listening to two Canadian guys clown on Ostapenko's serve. I was like, oh shit, he's talking about me. <laughs> but uh, it, was, it was great to finally meet him in person. I've known of him for a while. Two years ago, when we first came to Cincinnati, the first time I ever saw Steph in person, she was sitting with Tyler Green on Court 9, who was Court 9 back then. And she waved to me, and she was sitting beside him. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I never met him that time. Mm-hmm. And he's since become a listener, it seems. So yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. And he was also instrumental in getting us to decrease the size of our files right. for, our, <laughs> for our podcast yes. when you download them. Which so thank is, you to uh, him. has made it easier for y'all if you download and has made it much quicker and easier for us to upload. (laughs) Yes. So that was invaluable advice from you, sir. Yeah. And, uh, all this that we do, we're, we're professional novices, pretty much. Everything has been (laughs) self-taught. Definitely. So that was just one more thing that we learned. And today we met bad toss who John Isner called lady that Mm -hmm. one time. You may know bad toss. Uh, Her name is Catherine in real life. Mm hmm. From uh, her roundups of John Isner's Twitter likes, 
which is an invaluable resource. Yeah. She does the hard work for the rest of us uh -huh. who don't have the emotional energy to deal with that. She also wrote this fabulous piece that was heartfelt and sorrowful for her to yes. write yeah. about the state of men's U.S. tennis and, uh, a and while back. Kind of about the experience of watching American tennis in the age of Trump. Mm -hmm. It's a really thoughtful piece. It, it was great. And as she pointed out today, she ended it with pointing to Christopher Eubanks as possibly one for the future to turn this Titanic back mm -hmm. around, mm -hmm. to quote Miss Amy this Grant. Titanic. What? <laughs> you don't know that song? Amy Grant? Yeah. No, I don't know that Takes song. Takes a little time sometimes. <laughs> I definitely had the Amy like the Amy Grant listen, cassette tape. Listen. When she how, had that baby baby song. Uh -huh. Like in nineteen ninety one or something. But how do I know this growing up at like twelve years old in Jamaica, knowing yeah. I'm loving that song and you don't know it? I don't know. Because she was like also a Christian singer, so like I of course you'd hear that in Jamaica. It's actually no, that wasn't wise. Because I listened to Rick D's weekly top forty every Friday night. Oh. That's why. And is she probably still, charted. Is she still married to Vince Gill? I don't know. That's someone's homework. Vince Gill has one of the most distinctive country voices I've ever heard. True. Uh, where are we now? So we're talking about who we met? Yes, Bad Toss, a delight. Lovely to meet mm. you. And I'm sure there are a bunch of other people that we're forgetting to shout out. We'll shout you out later on because this ain't our last Cincinnati episode. No. Uh, the Before we kind of intro the remaining roundtable snippets. Can we talk about real quickly how much of a fucking disaster Applebee's has been this year? <laughs> like, no, a complete, come on now. a complete shit show. Now, I, we should say this is not due to the staff because no. the servers, everyone who works there is delightful, is so nice, is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And they're going out of their way. But, like, I feel like nobody told them a tennis tournament is going on because they don't change. They, I don't feel like they change their scheduling. They don't put anyone extra no. on shift. Um, they certainly don't stay open later. And we get there. There's no draft beer because the tap lines are frozen. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no draft beer. Uh, the computer system is down, so handwritten chits are being taken to the line. Mm. And, and we know what that's like. We do, which is why we're like, personal we're getting appetizers too, yeah. because there ain't no way that steak is coming out on time or cooked <laughs> properly. There's just <laughs> right. no way. And so once once we actually got the orders in, it, it came out fine. Yeah, yeah. And um, we had a, an absolutely delightful waitress. Mm -hmm, yes, shout out to her. But it's the third time we've been there, and it's it's not been great. Yeah, I almost time. feel like they don't really want anyone to come during the tournament. <laughs> you know, that's like the impression I got. Man, like, we'll be back again maybe one or two times before the end of the tournament, but we'll we'll go do something else for a little while. Yeah, and there's not that many famouses who go there anymore. Famouses? Yeah. Well, you did walk by Mr. Pat Cash. Pet cash. <laughs> yeah, it was not that exciting. I can tell you that. Uh, Bruno Suarez was there once. Yeah. A bunch of the people who work for the ATP, they've been going. Mm -hmm. 
the, I'm, they don't really count as famous, though. <laughs> the behind-the-scenes people. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about these, uh, these snippets. Sure. Okay, so I... Uh, so today was like the second day of the all-access hours or whatever. There were really only two. There were holdovers for folks who didn't get here on time yeah. because Caroline was up in Toronto so, after having played the final and Zverev mm-hmm. was traveling from Montreal. Yeah. So I went down to to listen in on Caroline's. I, I asked a few questions. Um, she, you know, she's a little res- reticent in press. She doesn't give you like a whole lot. No. Um, <laughs> Not at all. That was my experience in, in Charleston and why I sent you by yourself today. Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, it was good practice. I mean, she was perfectly nice. She was yes. fine. She's you know, perfectly and, nice, and she, answers your questions, but you don't really get she made much. A, yeah. You get the rehearsed answers. She made good eye contact and everything, mm-hmm. which I always appreciate. I think it sort of separates the, the grown-ups yes. from the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's cool to talk to her still. Yes. Angie Kerber, I know. I mean, you know, I'm not supposed to have favorites. I'm trying to remain professional and press. She was, she was wonderful. I was so impressed with Angie Kerber for the same reason. Eye contact, amazing. Uh, just her level of conversation is pretty elevated for an athlete. She, you feel that she's trying to give you honest answers, and she also seems pretty grounded. Mm. Who else? Simona Halep was uh, was was great as well. Yes, she she's, she's another one. She's who very seems funny, earnest. Yeah, she does seem like a like a very serious person, but uh, it it does seem like she's managing to to deal with these really tough losses a bit better because she's had some heartbreakers recently, mm-hmm. uh, even even after Roland Garros. She comes to Wimbledon, and I think a lot of people were expecting her to just be bad, to just be devastated by that loss. And, man, she got to the quarterfinals and put in an absolute classic against Kanta and played so well and then lost another heartbreaker to Svitolina just badly. And she was, well, you'll hear, she was very straightforward about about her performance in that match. And then the remaining two, Karolina Pliskova, your new world number one, and Dominic Team, And we are here to tell you, well, I am here to tell you, that Karolina Pliskova is actually 50% the robot that Dominic Team is. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so rude. Karolina, she's funny. She's yes, she actually is. way funnier than I expected. Yes. And uh, Dominic was just maybe a little bit low energy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how I would describe it. You know, I'm I'm not gonna complain about seeing Dominic team in person ever. <laughs> but <laughs> you know. So I still haven't edited those fully yet. You won't be getting the full press interviews no, from those no, five. No. But you'll be getting bits of it here and there. Yeah. I don't the full ones would not be that interesting. No. <laughs> We left those for the previous episode with Jokanta and, and Muguruza. Those were the two standout ones from start to finish, yeah. I think. So, enjoy part two of Chatting with the Stars. 
Is that what it's called? What do we call the yeah. first one? I don't remember. You don't remember? I don't even remember what day we released the last one. <laughs> anyway. <it's, laughs> what day is today? <laughs> today, that's a trick question because it's after midnight. Oh, okay. Today's officially Wednesday. Okay. Uh, so enjoy part two. How did you get to Cincinnati? I was still confused. So if you can just walk through the steps of after your last match in uh, Canada. Uh, well, <laughs> Darren told me that it's really complicated to get a normal line. Uh, and uh, he asked me if I would like to have a private plane. And I said, for first time in my life, I said, okay, let's take it. Uh, he arranged everything, all good. We went there like five minutes before. Uh, everything was okay, no controls, no nothing. And um, when I saw the f first time when I saw the plane, I was scared, to be honest. Uh, he said that, okay, be calm, <laughs> it's gonna be okay. And uh, we had to, to uh, stop in Buffalo because of the customs. Mm. And I said, it's enough, 30 minutes. I'm not gonna go again in that plane. So I got a car and I came by car, six hours driving. What is it about the plane that was too small? I got like, uh, wow. not, yeah, a little bit. And uh, yeah, I felt that I have no air. So it was like I was white <laughs> and I said, uh, okay, that's too much for me. And uh, the two boys, um, my physio with my trainer, they went by private plane, plane, plane. Which you paid for to go to some Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I came with Darren. Poor Darren. <laughs> I'm sorry for him, but uh, it was funny. It was relaxed, actually. For me, it was relaxed after that Did plane. you do the actual driving, or who was driving? I drove uh, two hours, and he did four hours. How was it driving? What did, what did you see between Buffalo and Cincinnati? Part, you drove from Buffalo to Cincinnati, yeah. right? So probably a lot of the part of the world you haven't been to before. So yeah, I've never been there. Have <laughs> you seen anything interesting on the way? Uh, just the trees. Actually, the view was really good and was quiet, so it was better. That plane was moving a little bit too much, <laughs> so I was safe on the ground. Because all the trappings of being a top player means that you can, you're never going to fly with a private plane again? Uh, not that one. <laughs> I've been with a bigger one, um, but uh, with the small one, no, and never again. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> How have you gotten between Canada and Cincinnati in past years? Uh, by normal, uh, by normal line. It takes like 10 hours mm. because you have to stop and with the customs, with the lines, everything takes a lot. the story. We, we, yeah, it's a big story for, for myself, actually. <laughs> to, to go back to tennis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I hate to be the boring one. So obviously your start to the hard court season sort of was, was, a, was a bit sort of messed up with the, with the heat, with the, what was it, illness in Washington? Well, yeah, it uh, was really hot. And yeah. uh, the fact that I played three days in a row, I think at two, was very, very tough for me. Uh, I was not used to 47 degrees Celsius, so um, uh, I, actually I was in the last day I asked for a late, late match, uh, but I couldn't get it, so uh, it was pretty tough to, to go through that uh, heat. And uh, actually I'm not uh, retiring because I don't like during the matches, but uh, I had to, so yeah. I couldn't push myself. So you're happy that since then you've you know, sort of hit a, a really good run of form? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay and it was just about one day uh, just to get to normal and to recover. And in uh, Toronto it was good weather.
so I didn't have that problem. Jamana, so, do you feel like right now that your kind of uh, basic level is is higher? Than it maybe it was a few months ago. Not last match. Okay. Yeah. We're not, I'm not talking about that one either. You brought it up. Thank you. Not me. You brought it up. Not me. But it seemed like in Toronto that that the, the matches that you played up until that one, um, that it was just kind of a standard level, nothing special, but it was still a very high level. Yeah. For you. I felt yeah. the same. I felt uh, that the match against Garcia was mm -hmm. maybe the highest on hard court this year. Um, I feel um, confident, I feel that my game uh, is there and I feel strong also. Um, I can um, direct the balls uh, where I want, so this is the most important thing in my game. Um, I can move well. Actually in Toronto I always played uh, well, so um, I feel the courts pretty well, I feel uh, the atmosphere, the fans, it's really nice. and. Uh, yeah, I always have a great time on hard courts and hopefully here as well. I really want to play well here. What? Sorry to bring back that much. Looking back, what do you what do you think happened there? Because on the TV, the commentators were confused. What was happening? Um, why I wasn't closer? I can't explain much, but uh, I'm really disappointed about that. I never had something like that and never happened to me. But um, I heard that can uh, happen in the live tennis. So. Um, I just take it like that, but um, I really want to apologize actually to the fans and to the people that came to that match. It was a horror match for me also, um, but I just couldn't feel the ball. So today I practiced and um, it's a little bit better, but still I have some dubs. But um, I have one more practice today and I'm sure that it's going to come back. Just hard playing a second match today because you don't obviously have to do that very mm, often. I can't say that I was not ready physically. Just the touch of the ball. Maybe I changed the courts and in the same day it's not easy. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it, but uh, I just had uh, no feeling at the ball. Has it happened to you before? Like that? Like <laughs> that bad? No. There's obviously a lot but of everything has a <laughs> beginning, no? <laughs> 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 there's, a, there's a lot of players that could uh, walk away with a number one and not that long ago you said you know you, you want that chance because obviously people have got the number one and not really performed well when they got it. How are you feeling now? Well um, I always said that uh, you are number one in the world if you get uh, to reach that place if you have also the Grand Slam you are real uh, number one. This is my line forever. But um, to be number one in the world, I think it's a big thing because uh, shows that you you've been consistent years and years, and um, you won some tournaments even if uh, there are not um, grand slams. You won some tournaments and you won the place. Uh, now I was very close, uh, winning the grand slam and being number one in the same day. Um, I still have bad dreams about that. Um, yeah, I, I, I still suffer. <laughs> but um, I'm not thinking anymore at this, in this moment, because um, I think the pressure, uh, the desire that I wanted uh, holds me back a little bit. So I'm just trying to take match by match. And if I will be able and if I deserve the place, for sure I will be. So I will work and I will take it like every day, just hard work and uh, Play to win every match. Now Last questions you, for Simona. Now that you're a couple months out from that French Open final, do you feel different now than you did back when you lost your first Grand Slam final? Can yeah. you compare the two? Yeah, I feel so? different, and 
I feel uh, more uh, like I feel safer when I go on court. Uh, I felt that uh, I really won uh, the place to be in the final um, because I have the game, I have the experience. Maybe the first year was a little bit like um, euphoric thing uh, in the final, even if I was close to that one as well, but uh, was different. Now I felt more um, more safer on court and uh, I feel that even if it's a little bit too arrogant, I deserved it to be there. You said that you didn't play your necessarily your best tennis in Toronto, but you still beat Kazakina, Venus, Muguruza, Halep, and then Caroline in the final. Yep. Three of them really easily in terms of the scoreline. And these are players that you possibly would play throughout the second week of a Grand Slam. Does that give you added confidence now to take that next step? I know that you've won so many of those tournaments just below. Uh, of course, uh, it's uh, it's a massive uh, confidence push uh, for me for a Grand Slam uh, before the Grand Slam, and uh, yeah, I can, as I said, you know, each tournament like in Dubai, I was playing amazing tennis in Toronto. It was I needed to go through the uh, difficult uh, situations in the matches, and for me, this this is really shows that I can I can manage uh, even bad days. Um, so for me, it's very, very important sign that I'm moving the right direction and I can play better in a Grand Slam. So yeah, it's just, uh, just an, one more step in a good direction. You're 22, still very young. Uh, you know, different players of your age group or maybe younger. You know, you've seen ones where they go really well and then they drop off. Some that are inconsistent. You've been the steady climber every year, better ranking slowly with everything. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's a reflection of your personality? What do you think that is in terms of the just kind of consistent, you know, improvement? Uh, that's a little bit of my personality because when I was growing up and playing juniors and then I started with 10,000 then 25 and you know I had this uh, always in my head and always been told uh, by my parents that everything needs to be step by step and you don't, you don't need to rush things if, if you didn't win the tournament like below uh, you, you know you, you still uh, need to work on some things to be ready for a next level you know you cannot just win and then you know not be ready for uh, for for a next challenge you know it needs to be very uh, consistent and I think this what um, gave me um, yeah this this uh, push now and I'm playing consistent and um, yeah for for a couple of years already and yeah it's I think it's just um, something was coming from um, early early years belief is such an important element when you step on the court and a lot of players talk about when they first realize they belong in the top 10 mm. do you remember that moment where you thought you know yeah I do belong here uh, there was no such a moment when I decided this it was just uh, coming with the wins I had you know uh, I know that l lots of media say like I beat uh, almost like all the players top 10 this but I, I don't think about it this way I try to you know like the titles like big titles they, they show that I, my game is good enough and um, even not playing my best I can still you know fight and um, be ready to compete against uh, uh, good players and for me you know this kind of matches and tough matches you know that's what makes the, the difference and gives me confidence.
there's only four top ten guys in this tournament now that Roger pulled out. So there's a lot of opportunity uh, you, to make you feel differently about the tournament, or is it still just about it being a, a, a tough event for you? Mm, of course, it's, it's it's a tough event, and uh, we also saw last week a lot of close matches. Probably it's going to be similar this week. So I think everybody can go pretty far. Everybody can go out pretty early. So um, I just look at myself and hope that that I'm playing well, that I'm playing better than, than the last week and the last years here. And then we'll see. You're pretty unique in that you give some detailed wrap-ups of your matches on Facebook. Uh, how did you get started doing that? <clears throat> um, it was a longer time already. I, I started with it when when I got up, I think, when I got into the top 100. And, well, I did it way more than I do now. It's taking pretty much time away, so I stopped it a little bit. But I think it's nice to to think one more time to, to the match, and that's why I did it, and I still do it sometimes. Dominic, uh, obviously you're 5-5 five and five in, in your last 10 matches, which is not good enough for you, but not not, not terribly uh, bad record. Um, so I saw you chuck your racket during practice on Friday. You're very intense in practice. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Is it is it more than practice or? Um, yeah, the last two weeks were pretty frustrating. Um, I lost twice with a match point, and um, well, I, I never played that good. I never felt my game here and in Canada, so that's why I'm not that relaxed like uh, I was back in Europe. And uh, I'm lucky for me that somebody filmed it because it was <laughs> it was during the first days here, so almost nobody was there. But yeah, sometimes I do it also in practice. I think better better in front of, I don't know, five people than in front of 10,000. And yeah, I just I'm, I'm, I have a pretty high intensity now during practice just to, to get a good feeling back. Like, because what you said, I mean, Wimbledon was, was very good. I don't complain about that, but uh, that the Tournaments before Wimbledon and also after, obviously, were not going 100% my way, and that's why um, things got a little bit more tensed for me. What have your experiences this year defending slams for the first time, being number one for the first time, all those big first-time experiences, what have they taught you? They are, it's a completely different than it was last year. I mean, it's all from the first time for me, like defending titles, um, being the number one, and also coming back to the number one spot, that is also something I learned in this year. So there are a lot of things that new for me and I'm just trying to learning actually. It's one of the years that's again a learn year, but trying of course to um, playing good and trying to, um, yeah, taking the new experience, new challenges for me and just looking forward and um, trying to yeah, playing better and trying to getting my schedule also now done with all the things around. But I think that now I know how to do everything. With uh, the experience you've had before going back to tournaments, defending a lot of points, and that'll make New York easier. Having already done this in Australia, knowing 
what it's like a little bit? I think it will be easier than it was in Australia, especially Australia was the first uh, month and the first tournament um, of the year, so it was a little bit different and difficult, but now I think it will be easier, but um, of course it's always not easy. I mean, it's always easier to saying, but to doing it's always a little bit tougher. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to to having another chance like this and the feeling to defending another Grand Slam. You've talked a lot about learning. What things specifically have you learned and perhaps in how you're handling things better, how maybe you're more comfortable right now than perhaps you were earlier this year? Um, I think you have to learn to say a lot of times no, because when you reach at the top, everybody would like to have something, a piece of you. And I'm like a person I'm trying to do. If I do something, I'm doing this like for 100 percent. And um, after Australia, there were so many things. So I, I've learned to say sometimes no, because to taking care of me, I mean, this is what I've learned. And also to schedule the day, like not doing everything like side by side just having time for me like two or three hours between everything and just saying okay now I have time to go for a coffee and just sitting there for one hour at least and not going the whole day something and then I'm dead in the next two days so this is what I've learned and um, yeah this is how I'm scheduling this with my team as well right now. When you, uh, when you go through kind of periods where you're not feeling great on court or you have a particularly tough loss, have you learned kind of strategies to get you through that? Just to, you know, to get your head back together for, for the next tournament? Or? Yeah, I mean, of course, you are disappointed if you lose match, especially early in the tournament and when you play maybe not your best, but um, this is why I have like a good team that knows me very well, how to deal with me, how to um, speak with me after a lose. Um, so, of course, we are sitting there and I'm trying to um, speaking about the match and trying to take the positive things for the next tournament. And it takes, of course, one day to just maybe going with my mind um, out of the city and if you reach another city you're of course um, 100% again here and um, trying to do your best to playing good in the next tournament. We were just talking before we came in about what players do with their trophies. Okay. <laughs> what, do, what do you do with all of the trophies you want? What, what, where are they currently? They are at home. I mean... Are they up, I, I don't displayed somewhere? Yes, they. I'm like I have a how you say yes and they are all all of the smaller ones or the the first ones when i was a junior i won and like the the new ones there of course they are before because you get i'm just curious if players sort these you get runner-up trophies too yeah you put all those in the case you put those somewhere else no they are also there okay yeah because they're runner-up i have a lot of runner-ups so <laughs> they are they are a lot of as well so i have both in one because the final is always a final mm -hmm. and, um, yeah it's always fun. do, do you Two have them at your home yeah. or do your parents have any from when you were a junior like yeah, I think, that, first yeah I think they have like the really old ones when i was a junior and the really small ones actually they are not so small when, because when you're a junior you get also big ones so but like the really the uh, pro ones they are um, with me it seemed like the day that you became number one you released that social message social media message it seemed that you were really excited for the moment <laughs> at the picture are, I was excited <laughs> I don't know how, uh, how I was behaving <laughs> are you uh, feeling like you're ready to embrace the role as world number one and all that comes along with it 
Um, yeah, obviously I was excited uh, to get there because uh, I, I think I was playing very well during the during the year, during the season, and still getting a lot of points. And still I was standing on the same spot uh, to be number three. And even with the semis in Paris, it was a uh, few tournaments I had close to getting there. So, and then unfortunately it was uh, kind of bad timing that I, I lost in the second round of the Wimbledon, and then I got there. But still, I think it doesn't matter how you get there, you know. So uh, it's just a matter of the year uh, so far. So with the points, and that's how it is. So um, I was uh, celebrating a little bit, few days, not few, two days, <laughs> and uh, but otherwise nothing changed. And I'm just trying to. It's a big responsibility to be there, so I'm just trying to take it really seriously. <laughs> For most of this year, Angie was number one, and we saw that she had a few struggles throughout the year. Whether or not that was due to being number one, we won't know for sure. Is that something that you look at and gives you any concern? I think her case is still a little bit different. Uh, she won two Grand Slams, and I think the pressure was quite um, huge on her. And, and obviously, she didn't come off from nowhere, but uh, probably nobody was expecting that she's going to have a year like this. So I think she just, and she's from Germany, I think it's still a little bit di different. The country is bigger. so. Um, and it's few of us in Czech Republic, so I don't, I don't think we take it, or I don't take it that, that um, like a huge thing. So for me, everything stays the same. So I don't want to have any changes. I don't want to feel different only because of the ranking. So, like I said, for me, everything stays the same. Carolyn, you're back to defend your first title, and huge opportunity for you to back that up. When you look at your game compared to where you were a year ago, what are your major improvements that you see? I mean, a year ago, well, I won this tournament, so uh, I don't want to compare because it can happen that I'm not going to win this tournament this year. But I think overall in the game, in the in my mental side, I improved a lot. So handling the pressure um, much better than I was last year. Obviously, last year, this time, everything uh, started to change a little bit. So I was um, playing better. Uh, obviously, my first final at the Grand Slam happened in a few weeks after this tournament so um, but since then I think um, I played quite a lot of tournaments good tournaments few titles so I think overall there are some changes and improvements in the game and in my mental side as well can, can you say how you learned to handle the pressure though? I mean just for me it's like naturally so uh, I don't try to do something else I don't try to you know, behave, behave differently or uh, just try to not see the pressure. Obviously, the pressure is always there. Even I think for the seed, it is even worse than than for um, and not normal people. I mean, we are still normal people, but for the not seated, so um, there's always a pressure because everybody wants you to win and the fans are expecting you to win. But uh, just take it as it is and even try to work with the pressure. Last year, you said your New Year's resolution was probably to bend your knees more. How'd you do it? I'm trying. I don't know if you see, if you see me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little bit better. Maybe like five centimeters down. <laughs> so next year, ten. Yes. Yeah, all right. Can you describe uh, what the past year has has kind of felt like for you? Well, the last year has been good. Um, you know, I have uh, been playing pretty well and uh, just doing my thing, stayed healthy, and uh, yeah, everything's good. Do you feel? Uh, Excited, comfortable, being kind of one of the top contenders for the biggest titles. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, I think I've been that for for years, and um, you know, it's uh, it's nice to be playing well and, and being healthy. I think um, you know, playing in, in big matches is what you train for. So, um, so yeah, it's it's exciting.
you have come back so many times, seems like, in your career. What, what are the keys to staying uh, up when maybe things aren't looking so bright for you? How do you, how do you keep finding the motivation, the confidence to keep making all these great comebacks? Well, um, you know, I hate losing. I think uh, that's the main thing. That's my motivation. I, I hate losing and I'm out of court, so um, that's what I train for is to win and, and be out there and play the big matches and play the big crowds. Caroline, have you made any changes in order to do that, or are you still pretty much training and practicing? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the main thing is that the body's healthy and you can kind of do what you need to do and what to do. And um, yeah, um, most changes that I've done is, is just listen more to my body and maybe cut down a little bit on on my off-court training because it's uh, it sometimes takes its all in the body. I'm, I'm not 18 anymore, so uh, you know, getting older. Is there a, a particular part of your game you're really happy with at the moment? I think I'm moving well and I'm anticipating the ball well. I think that's the main thing, and I think I, I go from defense to offense and the other way around pretty well. Hope you enjoyed that. That concludes the roundtable audio that we have for you. Everything going forward would be fresh content generated by us. And only exclusively. us. Exclusively. <laughs> yeah. And on our next episode, you will be hearing from Francois Zabanda. So we will tease that again. <laughs> I am Jonathan. You can find me on Twitter at tennis underscore John. And I'm James. I'm at Elliot JMR. Two L's, two T's. And uh, I will be also be mainly running the body serve Twitter mm-hmm. with contributions from Jonathan. But I it'll took that be over during the Venus match today. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But it'll actually mostly be me. So, you know, check out the body serve, check out uh the Instagram. Which is much more active now than it has been in the last couple months. Well, because we have some more original photos uh-huh. now. Yeah. There's some pretty good stuff on there, so check that out. Till next time. <laughs>